KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk the world of sports with you in the next couple of hours. Glad you are with us and hope you can stay with us on an unbelievably busy day in sports. There's a lot of sports coming together for the first week or for the first Tuesday uh, in November. What a Tuesday it promises to be. We've got the top four teams in college basketball preseason wise they'll collide tonight Madison Square Gardens we got a couple of games in the MAC including one that potentially will decide the West is Western Michigan all things go through Western Michigan they beat Ball State they've got the tiebreakers we've got that going on oh trend we've got Iowa State playing we've got Iowa to recap from last night Monday night football Dot, dot, dot. Busy day. How are you? I'm doing well. You remember, what was it, a week ago Sunday, it was the, what do they call it, the sports, it's the one time of year that all four of the professional sports are all playing at the same time. You have the World Series, of course, NFL Sunday, Mm -hmm. NBA and NHL all going on the same day. This is better than that to me. This day is better than that. Yeah, it's pretty special. I'm with you. To me. Just because of my love of college basketball. No, and you've got one versus two in Kentucky-Michigan yes. State. That's the late game, and that will follow uh, the Kansas game. Uh, Kansas and Duke. I mean, Kansas-Duke is the yeah, it's, early round. It's the it's, appetizer. It's the JV game. Right. The JV game is Kansas-Duke. That shows you how great this event is. No, it's going to be spectacular, Trent. I can't wait to watch it. I really can't. It's uh, you know, we will talk about these games when the calendar turns to March. How much they've changed, and mm-hmm. we saw these two teams play, you know, back in the first weekend, opening night of college basketball. And uh, look, here's what we know: at least seemingly, most years, Michigan State's going to start slow. They're going to lose a couple of games that you think, oh my God, is this on for in for a long year? Uh-huh. And then when the calendar turns to January and February and then particularly March. Uh, that's when his team seemingly are playing at their best. So a really special night, I think, tonight. It promises to be just that. Is there TV on Iowa State tonight, or is that that ESPN3 thing that I, you still haven't come over and set up at my house? The ESPN Plus Or the ESPN Avenue. Plus, rather, yeah. It's a good question. I don't know if this is a Cyclones.TV. I guess I didn't even look if this was uh, one of those. Well, Iowa State's favored by 31. Yeah, Mississippi Valley State, historically one of the worst teams yearly in college basketball. They're awful, year after year after year. If you miss this one, much like if you missed the Lindsey-Wilson matchup for Iowa last night, right. don't think you're going to be missing a whole lot. Cyclones TV tonight, by the way. Cyclones TV. Well, I did miss the game last night, but I followed it on Twitter. As mm-hmm. you know, we had a good contingent of Iowa media. Mark Emmert was there. Halas was there. John Bowenkamp was going to join us in about 40 minutes was there. Uh, so I followed it that way. Yeah, I mean, a couple of takeaways, and we'll get into it more with John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that Patrick McCaffrey seemingly was really aggressive. Oh, yeah. Hunting for his shot in that game. Everybody's raving about, you got to tap the brakes, right? They were playing something uh, known as Lindsey Williams. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Can't even get it right. <laughs> Lindsey Wilson they were playing last night. Um, but look at 
and and uh, Bowen Camp played. Uh, Bowen Camp played. Bohannon played. Well, Bowen Camp could have played last night. Yeah, against them, he probably if there was one game that John was going to suit up for, uh, <laughs> it was uh, Lindsey Wilson last night. But Bohannon seeing the floor, mm-hmm. so we'll get into that uh, Monday night football. Mister Monday night, your streak Ooh. went down the t- in the tank. Settle last it night. for field goals. It's you can't just, do that. No, not at all. You're right. two and six. And Be what aggressive. was it? Four field goals. Twelve three yes. was. Yeah. It, it was there for the taking. That was a. Not just a game that they could have covered the touchdown. Well, da- Dallas sleptwalked through the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the football game. I got a story for you. So my buddy out at the Rookie Sports Cards, Anders Olsen, I was in there uh, yesterday and uh, opened a couple of packs with him. Got himself a Ronald Acuna signed nice. card. Yeah. Wow, very nice. Yeah, he was pumped up signed. about that. Yes. That was a pack I opened for him, so he had a big smile on his face. But he said he wanted to play Monday Night Football. Didn't have, he said, I know I listened to the radio show yesterday. I know you like the Giants. I'm not in love with I like it. I don't love it. And so we start talking about teasers. Said, I hadn't done a teaser yet. He's got the William Hill app. And so I showed him how to do it. So he teases the Giants up to plus 13, six mm-hmm. and a half point teaser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he also liked the over. So that went down from 48 and a half down to 42. Home free. Home free. Giants are on the move at the end. And that final play, bait <sighs> for all intents and purposes. Yeah. The defensive touchdown killed his teaser. That's a tough one. That's when you say that black cat that was on the field, that was for me. Trent, that's no ordinary black cat, by the way. That is a scary, scary critter. He's seen some things. Yeah, absolutely seen some things. We know he's never seen, sadly... Um, I mean, look, I don't know this for a fact, but he's not a house pet it by, look by that any way. means. This is the if you live at the or if you're a cat in that part of New Jersey, you ever been to that part of New Jersey? I have not. It is the most desolate um it's all swamps it's just and and smokestacks okay oh northern new jersey before you get to the to the river it is a ooh, rough it's, fr- it's rough yes the meadowlands racetracks there this is a this that's this cat see the shoulder on the cat <laughs> you pointed that out we were watching Holy sports crap. center before the show this this is a cat that's never been petted thick yes thick Right. Uh, this is a street cat. No doubt about that. When I saw him bounding across the field, and then I saw all the security personnel, I, I, I wanted to know which of these brave guy, individuals is going to take on that cat because you're in for a fight. And and thankfully, the cat, who's obviously very streetwise, mm-hmm. he saw the opening in the gate and they escorted him out. And I, know, I have no idea where he went, but I do know this. They let him go wherever he wanted once he was off the field because he's going to decide. That's a mean SOB. My favorite uh, part, though, of last night as we found out, what was that, a couple years back with Kevin Harlan, who does Monday Night Football yeah, on the radio. Yeah. Now, he did a, was it a streaker? Yes, yes. Somebody was on the field that he yes. had fun with. I don't know if it was a streaker or not. I think it was a streaker, Was yeah. it? The guy is loose. Right. He, yeah, he went on and on. It, it was excellent. So he had the call last night of the Black Hat. Oh, we'll is just, he doing Westwood One? Yes. Gotcha. We'll give you the little snippet here of Kevin Harlan on his call last night with the cat on the field. Oh, there's a cat. On, a black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way. Oh and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, to the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't <laughs> so, oh a little God. snippet there. You can find the whole one just During now. a play, yes. he worked the cat into the play-by-play. Because play. TV didn't catch the cat until after the play, I don't believe. No, they didn't catch the cat until after the play, correct? 
But Harlan, yeah, look at Harlan. Harlan. He is so good. With some Des Moines ties, Bob yes. Harlan. Yeah, I think absolutely. the boys went to Dowling. Bob Harlan who was the president of the Green Bay Packers forever. Dyer and I had him on the radio a bunch. Did you? Yeah, Bob knew him. Get and him back. Why well, don't I don't know. Does he, he have the same number? He does. He does have I've I've got his number and he here's the thing that blew Dyer away and and me too. You, you would call his number at the in his office, the mm-hmm. president of the Green Bay Packers. Bob Harlan goes right to him. No secretary. No secretary. Nobody screening his calls. No chain of command. Good, a- to get good afternoon, Bob Harlan. How can I help you? I mean, come on, That's right? incredible. It really is. Um, I don't know how many of the Harlans spent time here. Now, the other one, is it Brian? Yes, Brian was the media relations guy for the Bears. Oh, okay. Lost his job because he was gambling on football. This is years ago. Sure. Um, Dyer and I used to talk to him, too, maybe turn of the century. Mm -hmm. Lost his job betting on football. I don't know if he's betting on the Bears or not, but that was a no-no at the time, how far we have come, right? Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. But, uh, yeah, the family spent some time here um, in Des Moines for sure. But, yeah, Bob Harlan used to answer his own phone. That's great. Uh Uh-huh. Kevin Harlan's great. No, he's terrific. He's he's one of the best. You know, listening to that, he could be he would be a hell of an auctioneer. <laughs> he would right. be a hell of an auctioneer. He's he can go got back a great and forth. voice, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he can multitask in his play by play. Cowboys won. Giants. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of them. I, I love watching Shaquan Barkley play. I mean, they they held him in check pretty much last night. Ezekiel Elliott certainly got his. Now they held him in check running the football. He got loose on that sixty something yard, sixty five yard pass. Um, uh, reception, but you know it was. It's Monday night football. It's Giants and it's the Cowboys. Now next week, get tied on, folks. We've got a classic. I think we've got the last win. The the last uh, team uh, to remain unbeaten in the Niners going up against the Seattle Seahawks in supremacy of the NFC West. That comes on the heels of the Vikings and the Cowboys the night before. Prime time this week. Pretty shiny. And a lot of times when we get to this week, and this is the week that there are six teams yeah, off I for a bye. That. You get a lot of clunkers in there. Yeah. Not so much the case, though. And New England's off this week. Houston's off this week. The Eagles are off this week. Broncos are off, thankfully, well, this I, week. I was going to throw that more in the mix of Jacksonville and Washington. Yeah, but, where they where they belong, right? But uh, they did get a win against Cleveland. Yeah, thanks. But overall, be. Thursday night, not yes, bad. It's, it's Raiders-Chargers. Not bad. Did you see this today? The Chargers are apparently yes. kicking the tires on London. I was reading the article last night. So at where the did it, who? Where, is that where it came out? Yes. So you'll be able to. It's a good deep dive. You'll enjoy the piece, and a lot of the questions that we talk about about that, and about you know how is it going to work logistically about shifting. They're not going to play in the AFC West. They would no. have to shift divisions. Would it be the AFC South? Would it be to the AFC East? East, I would think. And then Miami would be part of the AFC South, and the Texans then would ship to the AFC West. So there's all those parameters oh, in there. Okay. Financially, how it would make sense, what they would have to do and able to entice free agents mm-hmm. because you'd have to deal with visas and all these different things. Basically, every question that I had going into the piece where I roll my eyes, all right, here we go again. So it, it was makes a lot sense clearer. for you? It does. It really. What's more really likely does. to happen, that or Tampa Bay splitting their seed, that the Rays splitting their seeds between Montreal? Because there's been some crazy ideas yes. for uh, in in major sports as far as what they're going to do with these struggling franchises. I think the London one makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the free agency thing, Trent. I mean, I know there's only 32 teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I experience. hope it doesn't happen. You know, again, you know they need to go, and they won't, because Spanos and, and the city of San Diego, for whatever reason, they just can't get together. Nope. Uh, they belong in San Diego. They belong in San Diego. And Spanos doesn't have the money to make his own stadium. Right. That's the problem. Is it Dean or Alex? Dean Spanos. Dean. And, so who's Alex Spanos? Mm, I remember Alex Spano from Saved by the Bell. Well, that can't be it. That's how I know Alex Spanos. For no, that sure. was that was Jesse Spano. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, the I don't Spanos family owns the football team. Yeah, and uh, it, well, we'll see. I I hope it doesn't happen. But but look, at LA's not working for them. My other biggest takeaway from the story, outside of obviously the London and everything that goes into that, right now we all laugh about the Chargers and playing in the soccer stadium and it seats twenty nine thousand mm-hmm. and it's filled up by visiting fans. Mm-hmm. Ha ha every, ha! Every week, the Chargers. Since they moved there, so this is the third year, have the are in the top ten in ticket revenue in the NFL. What? Let me repeat that. They are in in a thirty thousand seat state. So the demand is so high. Premium seating, and because there isn't uh-huh. seventy thousand uh-huh. seats, the ticket prices go up. They are in the top ten in ticket revenue in the NFL. Isn't that something? Never. A chance in the world I ever would have guessed. No, I wouldn't would think they're in the top twenty-five. But you know what? It makes sense when you spell it, it out the way you did. You put it that way because I saw the Green Bay game, Trent. The, the cheapest, the get-in price was six hundred and forty-three dollars or something like that. There I think Ravel go. tweeted that six forty-three. Now there's not a lot of bad seats in the place. Let's nope, be honest. Not at all. That's the other component. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is something I was actually talking to my wife a little bit about this last night. Is I, I said the, the same Chargers? thing to her. She said, well, A, she hated the idea of a team in London. She's a huge NFL fan. The other part, though, is this ticket revenue. And she says, and I said, you know, there are many people that believe this is the future of stadiums. Smaller. Smaller. Yes. And we're seeing college stadiums continue mm-hmm. to downsize and put in more premium seating. This is the way it is going to be in the future. Maybe not at this level, but you're not going to bet. What's the Meadowlands? Just shy of 80,000, uh, I think. 70 something. Yeah, it's, probably. it's big. Yeah. yeah. But when you build that, instead make it 50. Well, you know, the first one of the first ones I can recall doing this when I lived in Denver and the Rockies were born. Yeah. And they're putting, I don't know what they averaged the first year. Oh, I would have to think 60,000, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And there would be a lot of days, there would be 70,000 plus at Mile High Stadium to watch the Rockies. And then when they decided to build Coors Field, and they're, they're putting 60,000 people in every night. And Coors Field is, I think, upper 30s or mid, low 40s. Low 40s, I believe. And yeah. I was thinking, you know, what, what in the world are they thinking? They're they're going to shut 20,000 people out night after night. But it's the right idea. It's the right move. Currently, capacity 50,000. Well, still, it's bigger, even, it's still, then it's expanded from where it, when it first right. opened. But that is a big difference in stadiums uh-huh. going forward. You know, there's so much talk about Carver Hawkeye Arena. Yep. And what what is the future? That building renovation needs well, to happen. Something needs to happen. Or building a downtown arena, do something like Lincoln did. What would you like if you could wave your magic wand? I would say a downtown I arena. I would too. I I think it would. You have to find the right spot, and that's difficult. And but that's college towns. I mean, mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot of room. Right. But find a way to make that happen. For me personally, I think just knock down the old Capitol Mall. And put it right there. Sorry for whoever, anybody that works there or anything else. And you'll be displaced somewhere else. I think that would be perfect. You're right next to the bar district. You're right next to campus. It is just everything there. It is so difficult. As a former student at Iowa, to get to Carver, it's not easy. Not like Hilton is at Ames. Yeah. It is a difficult. And 
We can make all the jokes about the student section and how bad the hawk's mm-hmm. nest is and those kind of things. But in January and February, it's not an easy place to get to. It's way over on the west side of campus. Yeah, Cam Bess will roll by there every 15, 20 minutes. But it, it's just it's such a difficult venue to get to. The way that it's built, it's not overly loud. All these different components. Something needs to happen, I think, start from ground zero. Now, it's not my money. you got to find that money to do it. You can find it in Iowa City, can't you? I would love to see it, Trent. I really would. There, there's something to, of the four buildings, uh-huh. the four that matter yeah. the most to us. It's clearly, I mean, yes. it's so far down. I mean, the, the gap, and I don't even know how it would go, but the gap between three and four mm-hmm. is enormous. It, it is, and the other part is Carver can get loud. I mean, you go to a wrestling well, meet, okay, and I've been to plenty I'll of those. I've been to basketball that. games where it's been loud, but in there. it's it, been a long time. But it can be better. A new arena would be better. So what's the capacity you build this thing at? If you're going to build a new, in the 14s. That's kind of where I was thinking. Mm-hmm. 13, 5 to 14. 13, to, yeah. Make it a premium ticket, tons of boxes, tons of premium seating that go along with that. That's the way that you build it. And that's also the way that you pay for it. That's a big component, yeah. too. Well, especially with that little nugget of info that you threw out there earlier with the price that the Chargers, for God's sakes. Right. That's that, I would have guessed a lot of teams before uh-huh. we got to the Chargers for that very uh, for that very reason. Well, interesting. Speaking of uh, NFL, I didn't get to our guest list. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, Frank Schwab. I'm going to join us in about seven or eight minutes. Now, Frank's a Wisconsin grad. We got to start there with oh, him. Yes. It's Wisconsin Iowa football week, so we'll we'll do that before we get into the NFL with Frank. Uh, he writes for YahooSports.com. He's going to join us at about ten twenty-five. We'll do some Wisconsin Iowa. We'll do a lot of NFL with Frank. Uh, John Bowen Camp from the Maven. That's part of Sports Illustrated's site. They hired Pat Forty. Did you see that? I did, and I read his first column. It's a big feather in their cap, Trent. Yes. Because Sports Illustrated, as you know, it was one of those. I mean, who didn't read Sports Illustrated? If right? you're a sports fan, if you're you a had sports fan, you either got it at your door, you read it in a doctor's office <laughs> while you were waiting to be called. Um, and, and Pat Forty, that's a big hire for them as they try to, you know, gain a foothold in the market. Well, their second good move, their first was hiring Bowen Camp. We'll speak with him. At about 10.45 in the 11 o'clock hour, Alex Halstead's going to be here. Uh, A couple of reasons we wanted to move up Alex today. It's in advance of Matt Campbell's press conference, but uh, a couple of defections uh, from Steve Prohm's basketball team. By the way, speaking of Steve Prohm, did you see Twitter, and I think it was Iowa State's men's basketball Twitter account, Prohm driving students. Yes. That was spectacular. I don't know. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know who came up with this idea. A basketball coach loading up his vehicle with kids and making their way to school and and filming it. And just some of the interaction, by all accounts, he seems like a pretty good dude, right? He really does. And, and I thought that prior to watching what we saw yesterday, but I thought that was real. Whoever came up with this idea, good for you. Good for you. If you're a student, you get a very good grade on your paper. Uh, if you're an employee, you deserve a raise because that was really good stuff. But we'll talk to Alex Halstead. A couple of defections on the men's basketball program. They take the floor tonight as a 31-point favorite. We'll do basketball and football with Alex. And then Rob Doster, NBCSports.com. We'll go around basketball from a national perspective. I cannot wait for these two games tonight. we got the sports overload, Trent. It's going to be excellent. Maction starts tonight. Maction starts We're going to find out the playoff standings tonight. 
We find that all right. That the, the yes. first release of that will be between games one and two. I'm sure you got some hockey. Well, the Jets play the Devils. So I'll record that. Yeah, record that. Okay. And kind of, yeah, I can't. You know what I want somebody to invent? I hate the bottom line. Okay. On the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It drives me nuts because inevitably I'm going out of my way not to watch it mm-hmm. because I'm, I don't want to know. And as soon as my eyes float down there, boom, it's the game I'm recording. Can't oh. you just put like a, a piece of tape or something on my down? TV? Yeah. No. Something, maybe not tape, but something that you can put on, take off. Well, you should have something on your remote that, you know, that it's kind of like the, uh, what do they call that? The, uh, the trans, when they transcribe the, oh, for, for people, for the hearing impaired. Oh, yeah. The closed captioning. Closed captioning. Right. Thank you. So close caption the the well the, the target scroll. market is like fifteen goobers like you there there aren't a whole lot of people that there's a big market for like I can't this. be the only one that doesn't want the you're call. not the only one but you don't think it's a big enough market Probably to not. to serve us I got you well we want to serve you and do that by putting some money in your account are you ready to do this <laughs> yes indeed it's time to try and put another thousand dollars in your holiday bankroll your bold bankroll your betting account wherever you could use that thousand dollars someone is going to win we'd love it to be someone uh from central iowa that knocks this grand off simply text the keyword car to 200 200 right now that's car to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, on college football with Wisconsin and Iowa, but also on the NFL. He joins Trent and I next. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. No. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460KXNO, working on Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. Hopefully get him in here in the next few minutes, do some NFL. Uh, so back to Sunday night, what did the, are the Patriots, I guess, still the team to beat in the AFC? In your mind, still the team to beat in the AFC? I think so. Don't we have to see Patrick Mahomes back out there first? You didn't see we... enough in Baltimore to anoint them? I don't think so. I still have concerns with their defense, which is crazy to say. It's Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You think every year they're not very good defensively still. Mm-hmm. Did you see, by the way, prior to the game, before the Patriots took the field and you know Brady's got his game face on, right? Mm-hmm. And out of the corner of his eyes, he spots Ed Reed, who'd come over to oh, see no. him. Ed Reed was getting his NFL ring last night, and uh, or, or on Sunday night. Uh-huh. And and Brady gave him a huge hug. Oh yeah! I mean, look at those two guys. Did some bad, they had some battles right. over both of their career, and I think Brady referred to him as his kryptonite. I mean, Ed Reed's a hell of a player. Yes, he was a hell of a player. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer, and deserved no to be so. Yeah. So I don't know, Trent. I look the New England. To get to where they were prior to Sunday is okay, but have they really beaten the team with a pulse? They haven't. No, the Bills would be the closest one. The closest one, and look, the Bills are right. They're six and two. I don't get it. They're kind of mirror images of each other, aren't they? The Patriots and Bills both good defenses. Good defenses. Yeah, one's got a better quarterback. I mean, I and I I, I look at 
Um, Josh Allen is so much is, better than I anticipated. He's, he he's done very well, right? Yes. Was he seventh overall? I think he was seventh overall Sounds in right. that draft. Would you take him over Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. <laughs> no, you can't have him in the equation. You can have his draft class. Baker, Sam, Josh. We missing one? Lamar? Well, Lamar Jackson went, yeah, 32. Where would you, where would you put Josh Allen? Um, I think that Lamar Jackson would be the answer, at least right now, right? I think so, yeah. But would you, do you like Josh Allen better than you like Baker Mayfield? Better than you like Sam Darnold? He's, he, Sam Darnold's gone backwards. But that offensive line so putrid. The team is awful. Yep. He made some throws against the Dolphins. Well, did you I'm see the snap that out. he wasn't ready for that landed in the end zone and he didn't move? He didn't even try to run and get the ball and either fall on it and give up a safety, or at the very least, bat the ball out of the end zone and give up a safety. He just stood there. It's like he was in shock. So it's first Lamar. For you, right now. Yes, out of this class. Uh Second, that's when it becomes difficult. Is it Josh Allen? I think it is. Then who do you take over between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold? Mm. Well... Baker Mayfield's more marketable. <laughs> that, that is for sure. Which has nothing to do with his play on the field. I, they're both disappointing. Ba- Baker Mayfield, I mean, this, Baker Mayfield, I watched him on Sunday, Trent. He's not good, at least at this point. No. At least at this point. And he's, look, he's got a couple of studs to throw the ball to. If it's a quick read, he's fine. Uh-huh. But when he has to uh, improvise or go through his progressions, it's a struggle for him. Mm-hmm. It's a big-time struggle and I never thought that'd be the case with Baker Mayfield. I thought he was good enough upstairs that he would be fine in those kind of things, but he looks lost out there. Which Oklahoma uh, which Oklahoma Heisman winner uh, are you buying stock in of those two quarterbacks? Hmm. I don't know where you go. I still think Baker Mayfield. Still think so? I think so, but by an inch closer than you think. All right, our locals, uh, the four teams in the NFC North all lost. Yes. Um, which is just head-scratching to me. Vikings, were they the better team on the field at, at, at Kansas City? I don't know if I can say that. Um, I thought Kirk Cousins looked like, he didn't look like bad Kurt. He certainly wasn't good Kurt. He was somewhere in the middle Kurt this past week. He was fine. He was okay. Mm-hmm. First half was bad. Well, the first couple of drives, yes. I mean, they were just terrible. It was better, but yeah, not great. Defense let him down? Is that fair to say? Uh, they let Matt Moore drive down a couple of different times. Well, Matt Moore, Trent, I mean, I thought that this was a joke when they brought him back. Right. And after being out as long as he was, Matt Moore, look, he's a serviceable backup quarterback. I mean, clearly you can't, I don't think you can go anywhere with him, but everybody's got to have a backup quarterback. And, you know, Matt Moore's proven that, you know he can win some football games. That yeah, that surprised me how well he's playing. Um, and I don't know anything as far as is, is this or is this the week that Mahomes is going to be back? Um, have you seen anything? I don't know if I've seen anything on that or not. Anyways, um, no. I don't think I have. Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com coming up. I want to talk to him about Wisconsin and Iowa as much as anything, and let's do so right now, as that's where we will start the proceedings. Frank, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, as we as we mentioned, you're a Wisconsin grad. I want to start there with you. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you as far as... Now, let me put it a different way. When you were a student there, what did this matchup mean? 
was what was Wisconsin and Iowa like when the schedule came out and you saw those two teams on it? What did that mean? What does Wisconsin Iowa week mean to you when you were a student in Madison? Man, you're asking me to date myself. That, that's not a good thing. Can I can I say like I was a student like five years ago? Sure, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> no, I was you know I was there the same four years as Ron Dane, luckily enough. Uh-oh. And it was a weird time because when I got there, Wisconsin hadn't beaten Iowa since I believe it was 1976. So yep. It was like a 20 year drought, and then they beat them a really ugly. I believe it was a 17-10 game. And then Iowa just fell off the planet for a couple of years. I remember my junior year, which would have been Ron Dane's junior year, 98, going to Connect uh, Stadium, and Iowa having to call a timeout because the Wisconsin fans were too loud. <laughs> it was uh, it was like a 31-0 game, I believe. And then the next year, Dane sets a record against Iowa because it's it, that terrible, terrible Iowa team. It was 41-3 that day. So it's weird that, like, my, it, it, the, the rivalry totally changed when I was in school, and then it got really good. I, you know, these are two two programs that are kind of, uh, in a lot of ways, mirror images. Yep. You know, they they, they both want to play a style that's way out of, out of vogue right now, but the fact that they play that style kind of gives them a little bit of an advantage if you're an offensive lineman. Boy, I'd want to come to Iowa or Wisconsin because they just produce NFL guys. And if I was a running back, I sure as heck would want to look at one of those two schools because they're going to give me 25 carries if that's what I want. So I, it's it's funny that you know it, it, this rivalry has changed, and now the, these two schools are kind of in the same you know same type of place where you know they're never going to be Ohio State or Michigan probably, but they'll always be pretty good and have those years where you kind of really jump up and and, and have almost you know what's considered a great. Back-to-back losses for the Badgers. Iowa comes in. They got two losses, too. And, well, here we are looking up at the Gophers at the top of the division. Who would have thought come. this? I did. Uh, yeah. Outside yeah, of that that, that, that that easy schedule really yeah. uh, helps out the Gophers. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, that if you would have told me, hey, the Badgers got destroyed at Ohio State, fine, whatever. It's that Illinois loss. I'm just, I'm just so curious. Like, what? Huh? Like, why are we talking about two straight losses? That that shouldn't have happened. So I don't know. I think that I think Wisconsin's fine. The bye came at the right time for them to regroup. But this it's been an ugly stretch, and I I don't know. I, I don't know that I, I was supremely confident in them two games ago. I'm really not confident in them at all right now. Well, it's going to be a fun week. Can't wait to uh, watch it unfold, and we'll see you at 3 o'clock uh, Central Time on Fox. Let's get into the NFL. The game that fascinated me this past weekend, I couldn't wait for it, and then it certainly lived up to it because uh, I wanted to see Baltimore, and we, we all know the deal, right? Belichick's going to take away whatever. Uh, there's going to take one thing that you do very well, and they're going to take that away, and I have to assume that was supposed to be Lamar Jackson, yet he found a way. What did Baltimore beating the Patriots show you, Frank Schwab? You know, it just showed me that maybe the Patriots are beatable. I, I still think they're by far the best team in the AFC, but before that game, I, I was kind of thinking, the Patriots come out here and blow out the Ravens, then it, let's just pencil the Patriots into the Super Bowl because nobody's going to compete with them. This, this is just ridiculous at that point. So it's nice to see, like, okay, they, they're, they're at least human. You know, like, <laughs> they can lose. It's possible. I, I don't know that necessarily I'd, I'd be running to, you know, take the Ravens in a playoff rematch in Foxborough, but... They they present problems. I I laughed all off season at people saying, "Well, you know, you give give these coordinators uh, an off season, they're going to figure out this offense." No, no, that that's not just because they run the ball doesn't mean that that offense is not 
complex and hard to defend. I, when you have a guy like Lamar and you, you basically use him as a runner, and you're you're practically running option football, wildcat football, whatever you want to talk about, where your your quarterback is not just handing the ball off; he is a threat every single play. It makes it so hard to guard that offense, and, and Lamar Jackson is just special. I mean, he is a I, whatever you want to say about him as a passer, that's fine. But he's not a terrible passer by any means, and. Other than Michael Vick, maybe, maybe, maybe. He's the best running quarterback I've ever seen. Mm. I mean, he is. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just a different way to play NFL football, but that's fine. Not everybody has to run a West Coast offense. You can win with an offense like this. And Lamar Jackson's not going to have a 15-year career, but the five, six, seven years, he's going to be great. He's going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to be a guy who, you know, defenses come in and they just say, well, what do we do with this guy? It's, I've made this comparison before. I'll make it again. It's like facing a service academy team in college football mm. where you just don't face anything like that. And then you come in on Monday and say, all right, we got to devise a brand new off, a brand new defense this week. Something we're never going to use again. We're never used previously. we got to run a totally new defense. That's what makes the Ravens tough. Hey, Frank, just got a minute left, a little tight on time today. But the report from The Athletic, the possibility the Chargers moving across the pond to London. Keep it open-ended here. Just a minute left, though, but your thoughts. Uh, you know, one bad decision leads to another. They should never left <laughs> yeah. San Diego. They should have been there. They should have. Yeah. Basically, the NFL owners should have said, no, Spanos, you're staying. Figure it out. They they make one bad decision to move to L.A. London is never going to work for an NFL team. What free agents are going to want to go there? What draft picks are going to want to go there? It's London's a great place, obviously, but how, I don't even know how it works logistically. This this fantasy the NFL has with London has got to go. This is just dumb. It's a bad idea, and it would make, again, one bad decision here at once. Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. His power rankings is out. Uh, good luck to the Badgers next week against Nebraska, Frank. Appreciate you coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. John Bowencamp on the Hawkeyes, basketball and football with John when Trent and I continue. Alex Halstead on Iowa State 1115. Rob Doster on college basketball from a national perspective perspective before we get out of here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. On Hickman Road in Clyde. Welcome back. Thank you to Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, talking NFL. As mentioned, John Bowen Camp coming up. John's with Hawkeye Maven. That's part of the uh, SI.com, SI.com, backslash college, backslash Iowa. John punching out the content there, both Hawkeye uh, football and basketball related. It's a busy time of year. John Bowen Camp finds a few minutes in the middle of press conferences uh, to join Trent tonight. John, thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing well. You know what I want to start with? I saw a tweet from you last night as you made your way into your seat at Carver Hawkeye Arena, the same one you've had for 27 years. Yeah. Which got me to thinking, John Bowen Camp, who was there when you started covering the Hawks that is still covering the Hawkeyes today? Trent and I talked about this during the break. We thought maybe Batterson, but are you the senior guy? I think if you look at full-time, you know, like always being there, I think I'm senior. I mean, Michael Oss has been around sure. mm-hmm. longer than I have, but, I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was on the beat at that time, you know, I mean, like he is now. Um, so I'm going to brag on this. I'm going to say I'm the <laughs> senior. Uh, you know, Pat Hardy's there, too, still. Yep. Um, you know, but really that's it. I mean, when, when Rick Brown, you know, mm-hmm. retired, that was kind of, that was, that, that kind of, you know, moved me up into that top spot. So, <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, I've, 
seen way too many games. I know that, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, one of the things when I did my credential request this year, I said I want my old seat back. Nice. <laughs> and I said because I said I guarantee you that my former employer isn't going to be covering any games up here. So I said I want my seat back, and they gave it to. Me. Good nice. stuff. Um, and I you're right. That, so. And you're right. Your former employer isn't going to be covering any games. And we yeah. won't even mention their name. Absolutely. Exactly. Not. All exactly. right, Judd. Let's get into what you saw last night. A lot of people shut out. I listened to Dolph on the call back uh, in his Good seat for hear. play-by-play yep. for a while. But don't get the vision that you certainly had. So take us inside what you saw. I think one of the biggest uh, storylines, obviously, is Bo Hannon getting out there on the floor. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he came. He didn't start. Uh, he came in the game right around the first media timeout. Uh, what he did before the game was, I mean, he warmed up with him, and then, you know, as the game started, he went and got on the exercise bike and, and was working there until, you know, I saw Fran point down the tunnel like, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I thought he looked okay. I mean, I there, there was one moment really early on where uh, he tripped over a uh, uh, Lindsey Wilson player had fallen, and he tripped over him. And I and I just happened to see it because there was the fast break going the other way. But I mean, he didn't he didn't hit the court. I mean, he he kept his balance and all that. And I kept thinking, you know, those are the kind of things you're always going to be watching for, especially this early in the season. You know, what what kind of contact mm-hmm. he takes and all that. Um, his shot looked really good. I mean, on on the first one that I mean, he, he hit his his first three pointer and then he missed a couple later on. And more. I think last night for him it was more about just playing, mm-hmm. you know, not letting the game. He wasn't he wasn't forcing shots. He wasn't he wasn't overly excited. Just kind of like, hey, get me some minutes here and, and see what I can do. And you know, I mean, after the game, he said he felt fine, but you know, he did admit he said he's had some bad days, and he said he had one a couple of days ago. He mm-hmm. said where the hip just wasn't, you know, and he said those days have been really frustrating. So. You know, I mean, one of the things, and he did point this out, you know, there, this is kind of where they said now he would be able to go. You know, this was kind of at the end of the timeline there. So, you know, I mean, right now he just said he's taking it day by day. He's not looking, you know, long term. He's thinking, you know, what's it going to feel like today, for example? What's it going to feel like tomorrow? What's it going to feel like, you know, Friday on game day? It's just a matter of just when when is he going to feel completely healthy again? And you know, he said right now it's just a day to day thing. So is it fifty fifty? Is it would you lean more so at this point anyways, John? And I I'm asking you to get inside his head. Um, you know, would you lean more that he's not going to play? I mean, we know he's out there and he's trying his darndest to do so, but from what you saw, are you is it fifty fifty, sixty forty he is, forty sixty he isn't? Where are you? You know, if you were to ask me that on media day, I would say he was gonna play. Okay. You know. Uh, last night after the game, it was funny, and it was just kind of a throwaway thing. You know, they they were having all the players do the the post game interviews in front of a backdrop, and he made some crack about, oh, it's all about the branding, you know, and he's been very outspoken yep. you know, about the NCA and things like that. And I think that that truly, this is going to be his decision on whether he is a hundred percent. He is not going to play a full season if he's if he's not a hundred percent. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, he's, he said that all along. And, you know, like I said, you know, listening to him at media day is pretty confident, you know, listening to him last night, the confidence is still there, but there was also that day to day thing. So, you know, if I had to bet right now, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays a few games and then, then just as you know, I can't do it this year. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's just like, it's in such a fluid situation right mm-hmm. now. And he's going to do what's best for himself. I mean, this is a, this is a long-term thing. You don't want to, 
you don't want to have this surgery go back out, hurt it again, and then have you know long term complications. I mean, you want to make sure you're completely healthy before you get back out there. And I think that's going to be ultimately, you know, probably around mid December is when he's going to make that decision one way or the other. Hey, I can go, or hey, I can't go. We know this front court's incredibly good, especially if you consider Wieskamp, small forward, how good they can be up there. Nunji, Garza, those guys. You throw Pemsel into the mix after he'll serve his second of the two-game suspension on Friday night. A lot of pieces up there. The backcourt remains the question. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Connor McCaffrey had 11 assists. He hit a three-pointer, and he talked about mm-hmm. confidence certainly being something that's a concern there. Him running the team. And then secondly, the freshman, C.J. Frederick. You know, I think a lot of people had visions of some of the other two guards of years past, the Josh Oglesby's, the Brady Ellingson's, the guys that just never were quite as good as maybe Franz told him to be. Your thoughts on Frederick and McCaffrey running the team? Getting to C.J. Frederick first, I, I, I think he's going to be a really good player. I mean, I you can tell. I mean, he's 6'3". You know, you can tell he's put on some, some, some muscle from, you know, this time last year. You know, he took full advantage, and as some Joe Wieskamp says, like, he took full advantage of that redshirt year. And the one thing I really liked about him was he's 6-7 of seven from the field, great shot, and all he wanted to talk about after the game was his defense and how he likes to play defense and how he likes to lock down guys, and, and you know, and, and it's, a, it's a challenge for him. And I thought that was so refreshing, kind of considering mm-hmm. the troubles they've had the last couple of years on defense. So I, I really like him. I mean, I, I think he's going to get tested at times this year, but I, I really like his overall game. You know, I mean, it's it's not just shooting. I mean, he can pass the ball well. You know, again, great def- you know great defender, somebody who likes to defend, and that's a good sign. I, you know, with Connor McCaffrey, I mean, I, I think he just you know now he's had a full season under his belt. It wasn't like last year when when he came back. You know, and, and he just played a few games a year before. I mean, now he's got a full season. Of it. I think he does have a really solid command of the offense. And if, if Jordan Bohannon can't go, and I'll be honest, even if he can, I don't see him playing a lot at the point. I think they're going to they're gonna have him at a two, you know, more of a shooting guard, you know, situation. So in my mind, I, I think Connor McCaffrey can run the offense. I think that position becomes, you know, by committee. You know, I think he plays there a lot. I think Joe Toussaint plays there a lot. I think, you know, C.J. Frederick may slide over and play it a little bit. So, it, it, you know, you're not going to need 35 minutes a night out of him, but he can give you maybe 20, 20, 20 to 25 really good minutes. Uh, so I like the way he played last night. I like the way he played last night. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm anxious to see him, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also anxious to see Patrick McCaffrey. He played 17 minutes, but took more shots than anybody <laughs> on the team. I thought that was great. I mean, here's a kid that's he's not shy to shoot the basketball. I know that I saw one of your tweets. There was a, an alley-oop uh, alley sequence at some point in there amongst, uh, I think it was one of the other freshmen. But just mm-hmm. your thoughts on McCaffrey, Patrick, uh, and what he did in his first go-around as a Hawkeye at Carver Hawkeye. You know, he's not afraid to go to the rim. Which, you know, I mean, I, I kind of figured, you know, last night, you know, maybe he was going to be, you know, but I mean, he was not afraid to go to the basket. He was not afraid to, you know, to do some of the things that he did last time. There's, there's a lot of explosiveness there. Now, I mean, again, I think he has to get stronger, and I, I think that's going to be something that comes over time. But I really liked how he played. I mean, I, I just think he was very aggressive. There wasn't any sort of nerves. There was no, you know, he wasn't tentative. I thought he played really well. Let's get into football. It's a big week okay. here for the Hawkeyes and Badgers. Oh, there is a game. This yeah, there is just a little one that 
has just a little bit of importance. You know, John, this Wisconsin bugaboo over the last eight years, there's been a lot of frustration. The fan base looks at Wisconsin and I think it's kind of the apple of their eye. It's it's the team that they want this program to be, the consistency that you see, the power running, all these different things. It's in Camp Rendell. It's a road game. But how good of a shot do you expect out of Iowa? We know the issues that have been there throughout the season with this team and especially the losses to Michigan and Penn State. But how big of a shot for the Hawks in your mind? I, I think they have a good chance. and but, but the point is they have to play their game. You know, and that's something they didn't do against against Michigan and Penn State. I mean, they didn't control the ball. They didn't control the line of scrimmage. They didn't do some of the things that, that they had been doing in those first four games that were good enough to win. And then all of a sudden they were put in a situation where they just weren't doing those things. I mean, go back to the Michigan game. Makai Sargent fumbled on the first play. You know, and they hadn't had any turnovers, you know, at that point in the season. So, um, you know, it, it – it, it comes down to them if they can be fundamentally sound in this game and play the game that they want to play, I think they have a good chance. They're going to throw the ball a little bit. There's going to have to be some short passing. There's going to have to be, they're going to take some shots down the field. But to me, it's just a matter of what is their offensive game plan and how they can control the line of scrimmage. And if they can do that, I think they have a good chance to win. Uh, John Bowenkamp is our guest, uh, writes at Hawkeye Maven, part of Sports Illustrated. Got a big feather in their cap with the hiring of Pat Forty. Mm-hmm. I thought that was huge credibility uh, for the site. Uh, where I want to go with you next, John, is I enjoyed your piece yesterday, the Monday kickoff. Uh, November comes roaring in for Iowa, and boy, it sure does. Bye weeks behind them. And, you know, and, and even Illinois, right? Illinois yep. got a pulse, and they're not going to be a pushover that we thought. But your, your points and your storylines for the month of November, number one was spot on. I know you called yourself Captain. Captain Obvious, but uh, Nate Stanley, I mean, this this has to be where Nate Stanley finishes strong, and he's got an opportunity to do so with the slate ahead of him. They need Nate Stanley uh, to elevate his game as the sand runs out of his eligibility hourglass. Oh, I, I agree. I, I think this is, I mean, and if you look at his numbers, and I, I went back and I broke down over the, over the last two Novembers, his numbers are actually better than his, you know, his, his career average. So, I mean, he has Done, everybody keeps thinking back to that game in Wisconsin two years ago, and and you know how how they just couldn't move the ball, and and again, but that was two years ago. I think he has a lot more, you know, options now. I mean, he's, he's a really good receiver group. You know, I think the tight ends are going to be worked in a little bit more, especially this week, and you kind of saw that against Northwestern. He's got a really good receiver, really got really good running backs, and in, in, including one in Tyrell Goodson that you can split out and do some things with. So. This is really, I think, when he will make – this will be – I don't want to say this is how his career is going to be judged, but I think it, this is a chance for him to build, build that final piece of his resume as Iowa's quarterback. And, I mean, he, th- there's no margin of error for this team. They can't lose another game if they want to get to Indianapolis. So he has to be at his best. And, you know, and I mean, so, I, I, I mean, if he can manage the game, if he can make the plays that he needs to make – this is where I think maybe his legacy gets kind of determined this week in the next few weeks is just how he leads them down the stretch here. Good stuff, John Bowen. Camp, we'll let you get back to your interviews. Ferentz coming up early this afternoon. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us here today, John, and uh, we're enjoying your week's work so far at Hawkeye Maven, part of Sports it. Illustrated. Take care. I appreciate it. Yep, thanks. Have a good one. Yep, See you guys. do the same. Take care. John Bowen Camp, as we run out of our here, some positive stuff basketball-wise, Trent. I'm I think so. That, uh, we reached out to John knowing he would be uh, courtside last night or in press row watching that. Lindsey Wilson. Yes, you in like, Kentucky. Yes. I looked. Oh, I, didn't did. Did. I didn't know. I did. Yeah, I didn't know. SIU, 
Edwardsville on Friday. Yeah. We're not going to know much. But then after that, it's DePaul. Mm-hmm, that's who good. DePaul had their first winning year, I think, in like 11 years it last year. It had been a while, yep. Decent team coming into Carver. But that slog that they have, that stretch, what is it, seven straight games? It's unbelievable. That they play from Texas Tech to, and then either Creighton or San Diego State. The two Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. And Creighton's a top 25 according yes. to everybody. Iowa State, Cincinnati, it, it, that's that seven-game stretch... They go three and four, then we can talk about this team maybe at least having a shot. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, three and four. I don't think that's crazy. It is unbelievably. It's great. It really is. I mean, how many times since you and I have been working together? Well, come talk to me when it's Cyhawk week. Yes, yes. Because it's just you can't get into it. You can get into this. Oh, uh, I can co- get into it. Uh, absolutely, I know you can. A um, couple of things from last night. The, the, the freshman. I mean, C.J. Frederick. Everybody's talking about him. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Patrick McCaffrey was seemingly hunting for his shot. Now absolutely. I didn't see it. I'm just going by the box score and by what Twitter was saying uh, that this he was aggressive. He wasn't shy. He wasn't deferring out there. Okay, that's good. Toussaint fast. Yes, as anticipated. And if Toussaint can guard, I mean, that's been his calling card. Uh-huh. If he can do that, and if Frederick is as good of a defender, even if he is above average, all right, now you got a couple of defenders in the backcourt with what they can do up front. I don't know, I'm, I'm becoming more optimistic about this team. Still dependent on Bohannon. Mm-hmm. Without Bohannon, I don't think they're an NCAA and tournament. I'm not sure he's going to be there, Trent. I'm reading the same way you. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. All right, we've talked a lot of Iowa football and basketball here in the last, in this last segment. Coming up at 11.15, Alex Halstead will do just the same uh, with Iowa State. He's in Ames getting set for Matt Campbell's press conference, but he's going to give us a few minutes prior to that. So we'll do football. Of course, the basketball team, uh, they take the floor at Hilton tonight for the first time. We'll pick Alex's brain on that. Basketball from a national perspective before we get out of here at noon. Yes, Rob Doster from NBCSports.com is going to join us. What a couple of marquee matchups tonight. One versus two, three versus four. We'll talk college hoops with Rob Doster. Trent and I until noon. Glad you're with us. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.